Welcome to Misty Outsiders and Apps. I'm Kevin Weir. I'm Aaron Weir. And Tabitha Tate is the friend none of us deserve. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Riverdale. So, um, Riverdale is back in its greatest it's, Riverdale form. Yeah, w- I know we, we kind of say Riverdale's back all the time, but it, every single episode feels like they'll be like, we're going to do a return to form. We're going to do a return to form. But this time they've returned to form hard. Yeah, man, this episode had every one of my least favorite like Riverdale tropes and cliches and meta tropes in it that mm-hmm. make me exhausted. I... I ended this episode tired. Yeah. I feel like I ran a mile. Look, guys, there are four, 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 four point five, four point five storylines in this episode. Oh, yeah. Betty's a point five. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> None of which are related to each other, all of which are wildly tonally different. <laughs> they, there's, there's one moment where they intersect, which might be the greatest moment in Riverdale history when two storylines intersect. And they kind of explain what they're doing to each other and they're both like, oh, oh. This this show does not have a consistent theme or tone or message or... We've spoken a lot about how there's two writing teams at war in the writer's room. Those teams have divided even further. Yeah, they have subdivisions now. (laughs) Yeah, there are civil wars in civil wars. this This is another casualty to COVID. You know, they're working in smaller groups so that their cohorts are smaller and oh, they're, uh, they are not talking to each other well over Zoom. Yeah, they have the Zoom. They do the breakout rooms in Zoom and they just break out within the breakout rooms. And then they run out of time for the meeting so they don't come back together and like catch each other up on what they're doing. Yeah. But hey, listeners, this episode is wild. Which brings us back to what stories is Riverdale telling? Well, let's figure it out. Because this is Riverdale, Season 5, Episode 16, Band of Brothers. Band of Brothers. Jughead is back. Damn, he mentions Josie. (laughs) We did not just forget that episode. He says Josie... No, he says Josie has left, but they... But I don't know why. That hit me so hard. Like, oh my god, you're referencing the last episode? However, he will talk to Tabitha later in this episode, and it'll be like he has never spoken to her since he returned to town. Yes, nothing else matters. Uh, but he he goes through and he essentially has set up that, like, well, she left. Now Archie is sad, as he has been before. And Veronica is also haunted, like Archie is haunted by war. But she is haunted by numbers. <laughs> by Ch- And Chad. No, no, he, he's specifically mentioning Chad. She's haunted by Chad. That, that's true, because it's a problem of her own making. Yeah, and flesh and blood, which is Chad. Um, I do want to mention Archie. Remember how we thought Archie was going to go into a hospital? Like, that's kind of what that therapist was assuming. When she said that he shouldn't be around people because he was hallucinating so much? Yeah, no, turns out what she just did was said, you don't get therapy anymore. You are too damaged for therapy, so please go out to the world where I think you might injure people, because I'm afraid you'll injure me. (laughs) Now, we know that the reason that Archie was having so many problems was because he was being actively poisoned at his work site. Cheryl. Yes. uh, But also, so that therapist is really bad. That is a really bad therapist. She should lose her license. She, She just said, I cannot help you. No one can help you. Go. What? Now, luckily, 
I'm going to spoil Archie's storyline. Frank kind now. of well, Frank kind of tries to be therapist here, but Archie figures out. Archie does the things that therapy should do for someone <laughs> on his own, bumbling throughout the world like the sweet boy he is. And he gets, and it's weird to say he gets fixed because you know these issues are ongoing and always represent themselves. But he he is objectively in a better state at this end of this episode with like a barest hint of therapy, which means that this therapist is a terrible therapist. But one must presume she is still treating Eric, and that's weird. <laughs> Eric gets over in his own way. Uh, so, yeah, so we side past Archie. We go to Veronica. Chad appears on her screen being like, hey, I hear you're still paying down that debt that I accrued in your name. Well, guess what? I have a business venture, so I'll pay my own debts. And Veronica goes, no. Now, don't get me wrong. It's clearly going to be another scam because yeah. he's Chad. But Veronica, you could at least hear what it is to make sure it is a scam before you don't let the guy pay for his own debts. Because it's not actually your responsibility to pay his debts, Veronica. Although I guess marriage is complicated, so maybe well, it is. Because uh, he did that whole thing where he like took it under her own name. I don't know. At least hear out what his nonsense is before you're like, no, I'll solve this. Now, meanwhile, this week, Riverdale is not a musical because <laughs> no. Cheryl and Kevin are going to sing Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat because their cult is the cult of Jason, but also the cult of church. Oh, yeah. Okay. So this cult will just replace Jesus's name with Jason's name in every context without changing anything. So. So they're yeah. going to sing. So and Penelope bursts in. She's like, nope. Jason has spoken to me. He says no singing. Yeah, Goodbye. Well, yeah, when she when she comes in and goes, Jason has, has spoke to me, I'm like, oh, okay. So it's not even like, oh, we are a church. We kind of have our own saint. No, because saints are a big thing in this episode. Mm -hmm. No, no, no. Jason is the Messiah. So which why did anyone <laughs> join this cult? Like, why are these people coming here for every week? Every free food. Oh, yeah. Free food. It's got to be free food. And also... Damn, is it entertaining. But wasn't it a scam to get money? Yeah, it was also that. Uh, so she, so Penelope comes in and footlooses them. She's like, There's, there will be no singing in Beaumont. Meanwhile, so, okay, Jughead. It has been seven days since he <laughs> realized the Rat King was not real and returned to New York. So Josie's entire soiree her sojourn in um riverdale was seven days yeah yeah so jug had a seven days sober yep and he's about to go on his apology tour which would probably be like a thing i'd be more excited to see if we knew that his alcoholism had affected anyone any yeah like other here. than himself yeah here like maybe he probably affected people back in new york but he's not going to ever um, interact with those people kevin there's yeah. one thing we know the only person it affected was jess because no one cared about him when he fell into a rat hole that for is, three days. Well, I mean, presumably that was because he had already isol or isolated himself and drove them away with his alcoholism. No, no. Jughead had no friends, remember? Yeah. He should uh, really apologize to Sam at some point. <laughs> Sam's not a character. But um, his, <laughs> anyway. his apology tour it will begin with Betty. But unfortunately, Betty's got her own stuff going on. She's still stalking truckers. Yeah. Alice, we see Alice, and she answers the door, and it might be like 2 a.m. <laughs> I have feelings about Alice, because some episodes she's aggressively competent, like yeah. when she's helping them restart the school after the prisoners yeah. destroy it. Oh, well, time to go back to... Uh, to uh... 
Alice who Home can't learning. handle having two. Yeah. Yeah. But now Alice can't handle having two kids. Yeah. Well, despite the fact that she's had two kids before. Yeah. And. I cannot imagine Hal was like a super helpful father. No, he was a serial killer. Exactly. Um, and he, so like they do a better job of showing her potentially being an alcoholic than they ever show Jughead being an alcoholic. I know his drinking never struck me as like problematic, he, except for maybe once. Once he had a flask, but like he never drank at the school. He, he should have come into work drunk. Yeah, and he, by work I mean his school. His yeah, work at the school, no. not his work as a busboy. <laughs> no, no, he should have come into. At school, drunk. He should have been more like missing obligations. Yeah, like they're just saying that he's an alcoholic by showing it in like the last and like the most cartoonish ways ever. He fell in a hole while he was drunk. Okay, okay. not that he has been slowly isolating himself and destroying relationships with others due to his dependence on alcohol and ruining his personal life, like. You, you kind of get that, but it never seems like it's the alcohol is the reason that, like, the problems he's dealing with are problems. No, it seems like his problems are problems, and also sometimes he wants to have whiskey. <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, Alice, like, once, once again, it's not like we're seeing that she, I don't think she is supposed to be an alcoholic. But, but we like, have seen her numerous times fall asleep on the couch with a glass of wine. Yeah, and we'll see that in this Empty episode. Empty bottles around Alice. Betty says in this episode, like, oh, I've been... I've been off on the lonely highway 24-7 when I should have been taking care of my mom. I'm like, do you need to take care of your mom? Is this because your mom is an alcoholic? I Because that's what the show is telling us. Yeah. But I don't think they think they're telling us that. Yeah. So Jughead tells her, right, well, let Betty know that I was here. And So the next day, Archie Andrews <laughs> is full of fire and fury. Yes. He tells Frank and Eric that he has learned that General Taylor... Is retiring with full honors. And he's like, how could this happen? He's not honorable. <laughs> and then what? his friends are like, his friends slash dad are like, well, I, I thought there was going to be an expose about him. Ah, uh, well, there weren't. There wasn't any evidence. Yeah. <laughs> so the story got crushed. Yeah. Archie. And Eric's like, do you think maybe you should move on from this, like, fixation on General Taylor? You've already yelled at him in front of children so many times. He says, no, this is the way I'll get over my trauma. It's not uh, wrong. Yeah. Uh, so now we see some consequences, I guess, for Jughead's alcohol. But, you know, it's no, a this is not a consequence no, to his it's alcoholism. It's a consequence of, of him dealing with his alcoholism. If he remained an, al uh, an alcoholic, Alco he wouldn't be in this situation. It's bad. So because Jughead decide decided to take some time away and deal with his issues, he, I mean, to be fair, he did just wander off to New York and didn't arrange for a sub. But who arranges who, for a sub did? in this town? Well, who did? There's no way Veron Veronica's still working at that place. There, we, in fact, the next scene we see her; she is currently working at her jewelry store, not during during school hours. Betty has admitted that she's twenty four seven on the lonely highway. What about Josie? She was only a music teacher for a day. The entire point is this school can't afford teachers, so these all these kids have kids; they're adults have volunteered their time. There's no way they got subs. There's no way. So how is Jughead the only one getting in trouble? Um, all of this ranting to say uh, Waldo Weatherby fires Jughead. Well, he puts him on administrative leave, which is also ridiculous because, once again, what is your other – like, 
don't get me wrong. Like, yeah, you probably don't want an al- alcoholic teaching students, but he's a recovering alcoholic. So maybe he should have some stability Something and a job on. in his life. And you can't afford any other teachers. They keep forgetting this school is underfunded. Jughead, I'm reasonably sure, worked there for free, which is why he works the, at Tabitha's place. The entire point was they all worked there for free. It's like that That was the, when they're like, oh, we don't have any money. All the teachers have because we can't pay them. They're like, we'll work I think at the school. The only one who's getting paid is Kevin because <laughs> he was actually a hired teacher. Maybe Archie because he was also a hired teacher. He was R-R-O-T-C. He went there to run that. Oh, that's right. This is the military is paying him to work there. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> Jughead needs stability in his life. He will not get it from Waldo Weatherby. Yeah. So I guess, <laughs> well, he's being punished for that. Veronica's just working at her jewelry store. But oh no, Kevin, she gets a phone call from the SEC. Yeah. Because they want to look into her fraudulent books. <laughs> they want to look at, yeah, Pearl's and Posh's books for any financial malfeasance. Now, this is weird. Why would they suddenly do that? Well, clearly, clearly, Chad tipped them off. Because Veronica revealed to Chad... No, refused to let Chad help her pay yes. off his own debt. And she did reveal to him that she was using her company and she was doing really, really well and would have the debts paid off soon. Well, yeah, that's how he knew what to target. But Reggie even says, wouldn't doing this torpedo himself as well? And Veronica's like, well, well no, he he's angry because I didn't let him help and he wants to show control. Because he wants to remain married to her because Veronica's the most appealing woman in the world. And I'm like, so he's willing to go to jail for... for Pride. Yeah, for all these... <laughs> and, for fraudulent in, in, uh, investments because he's an idiot. Well, Veronica's also an idiot because she would also prefer to go to jail... Versus get help from Chad. Yeah. And like the SEC is like, we're going to come in next week to look at your books. And so Veronica's like, well, I guess we need a whole bunch. So her plan is to get a whole bunch of cash so then she can pay off the debts and stop routing the money that she is making from the investments to the debts and like start routing the money back into the investments. investments. Okay. Look, we need to go over Veronica's storyline. So Veronica and Chad, they had their whole thing. Veronica. Decides she wants to divorce Chad. Mm-hmm. She opens a jewelry business. She's going to divorce him. Then Chad has Take- run a Ponzi scheme. Yeah. So he takes advantage of the fact that he's married to Veronica and he takes out more loans. No, he uses her business to take out money. Yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah, like so he invests using the he invests using her LLC. As collateral? And or he- does he invest under her name because his name is garbage so i think it's because he's already taken out too many so he can't like if he does any more he'll be like well you're clearly doing something at first it felt like he lost a whole bunch of money and he needed to use her money to pay it off but it seems like he's still in jimmy cooper territory where he's like redirecting money to other things yeah because later we learn that he actually took money from his investors to pay another investment so he's basically doing what veronica tried to do with alexandra cabot last week yeah so so he did that, so and which because under Veronica's name, she need or Veronica's business, she would be he as he says, no one would believe the she wolf of Wall Street didn't know what somebody was doing with her money. Uh, so he, so she 
has to pay the debts because that, no one would believe that she didn't know what was going on. Yeah, so essentially he roped her in. Now our now our debts are each other's debts. Um, and so she did the whole blood opal thing and got some money. But she needs slightly more money. So she so she's doing the investments mm-hmm. uh, to try and and she took she was taking their money to and pay inve- off. No, she was taking their money and investing it, but using the pros the proceeds. To pay off the debts. Yeah, so what she was doing was was legal, but it was to pay off the debts that she was hiding. I th- I think because she does say that she has investments and she's always looking at these stock tickers yeah. on her laptop. Yeah, she and well and also she'll say in this episode that she does pay off his people's debts. Mm-hmm. So she doesn't just take the money from the people that she's investing with her to pay off their debts and then is trying to make money to pay off her. Like she doesn't just transfer the debt essentially. Yes. No, she's using the proceeds and then she, I guess she's just kind of like lying to her people being like, we have made that much money off the investments yet. Yeah. So she's more money coming soon. So she's skimming essentially, which is illegal. Yes. Obviously you can't, you can't, you, because she's she's definitely not using all her commission to. But if she, so if she gets this big, because she says we got to get a bunch of cash really quickly. Yeah. So if she gets this big influx of cash, then she'll make enough money off of her stock investments in the next week to get her books looking good. Like, I don't understand how this cash is going to help I think, her. I think the idea is she's going to get this sudden influx of cash and hide it as if her investments suddenly paid off. But she's being investigated by the SEC. If she puts fraud, like, oh, I made, suddenly made a whole bunch of money. Are they not skilled enough to be like, those companies don't exist? Or is she putting the money back into the accounts that she used to pay off the debt? Yeah, it's too confusing, and they don't explain it at all, which and, is, which, and they just, I mean. And they're just hoping we're not going to ask questions. Like, that's the thing. They're like, ah, teenagers don't know about stocks. But, but guess then, what? But then teenagers why, do know about stocks. But then why would you do a stock storyline? Like, we don't know. Like, we aren't even people who know a bunch about stocks. And this is confusing for us. Like, Just make up an explanation, <laughs> Riverdale. Yeah, so, so either this is so, like, either this is so d- deep in the weeds of like, oh, no, no, this actually is how stocks work, investor trading works. That how would anyone understand it? Or it's exactly the opposite, but it's presented in such a way that even if you don't understand stocks, it still feels insane. And the thing with Riverdale is Riverdale objectively does not exist in the real world. <laughs> and I am now fine with that. I'm fine that Archie's war is World War II and World War One and Afghanistan yeah. and any Middle East conflict you could think of. I'm fine with that. Yeah. I am fine with the fact that the 80s and the 90s and the right now are all the same time. Yeah, it's fun aesthetics. So since this world is nothing, just make up your own stock system, but uh, explain it to us. Yeah, treat it like a magic system. Exactly. So they need an influx of cash. And, the, and, and oh God, I love the way she described it. She's like, and when I think I need money, my mind instantly goes to my father. Like, okay, yeah, sure. Yeah, that tracks. But obviously they're not going to get a loan from him. What they're going to do... Is steal his palladium. Which has just become the weirdest MacGuffin of this season. (laughs) It's now a joke. Remember when it was his big evil plan? No, it's just a rock that you pass around and laugh at. So so they're talking like, okay, well, he clearly moved it out of the safe after we sold the safe. But you know what, Reggie says? Hermosa might know where it might be. And you know what, Reggie says? I used to do things <laughs> wink wink nudge nudge I, with hermosa and also maybe 
currently still does those things. Yeah, does appear to be doing things with Hermosa, which good for Reggie. Like, he better get some strange. It's hard to be Reggie. <laughs> yeah, good for Reggie. He's he's really weird this season. He's so weird this season. He's so season. weird this season. So he calls up Hermosa immediately. He's like, hey, girl. <laughs> hey, what you wearing? You wearing jeans? And he'll walk off. He'll walk off screen. We'll see another scene, which we'll talk about. But then he just comes right back in and goes, Hermosa told me where the Palladium is. I'm like, damn, Reggie. That's some good flirting. I know. She's in 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 the bed, in the weeds with Hiram. But boy, does she like that Reggie. We learn later that she's going to take a cut. And this, here's the thing. That's actually in line with Hermosa. Oh, absolutely. Hermosa's incredibly mercenary. Like, she'll just do things if they pay her. Um, which is, which like, remember when she was, she's actually the one running Lodge Industries? Maybe she still is. Like, maybe that's how Hiram has all this time to focus on Palladium. Yeah, like, the last thing we saw before the, the break, the seven-year break was Veronica and Hermosa working together to force him to retire and Hermosa take over Lodge Industries. Now, Veronica does seem to learn from Reggie that Hermosa is still working with Hiram, (laughs) so. We'll see where that goes. Sure. Uh, so in between these two scenes, um, we learn that now – so Kevin is now Cheryl's gay cult best friend. And Cheryl is so sad that her mom is taking all of her power away in front of her cult members. Oh, man. Well, we need to show her who's in charge. And then Kevin says a line that is insane, <laughs> which is – everything. Hey, little known fact. Did you know that if you perform three miracles – you can be a saint. And, and he I, follows that and up. And I'm like, wait, hang on. And I'm like, and you have to be dead. What? Well, he follows that up with, I really like David David Copperfield. <laughs> you want to learn some magic? Well, we can't skip over Cheryl saying, I always wanted to be canonized. I'm like, what the hell is going on here? Also, what, is, what is this scene? Also, you can't be a saint in Catholicism if you run a cult. <laughs> yeah, the Pope is not going to canonize you so like you're not a part of his religion here's, cheryl here's the weird wording if kevin was like like if kevin had said hey you know what probably get them to follow you if you performed miracles people love seeing miracles yeah that'd no, be a great but, argument but they tie it up into this weird like sainthood thing like oh you could be a saint if you perform three miracles like that's not look kevin it's a cheryl blossom storyline yeah. do you want logic no 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 all right, so uh, Archie and Frank are kind of doing, like, their mini therapy se- session. And Frank's like, Archie, do you think you should tell the full story of what happened in the war? I know you've told the story, like, <laughs> three or four times on Riverdale, the TV show, but is there more to it? Yeah, so we'll finally get the full story, which, do you think his therapist ever asked him for the full story? Or just like, I'm going to have you follow my fingers. <laughs> Talk about bingo. I read a weird book that said that this might work. I think this might be cool. I'm not going to notice when you stop following them, though. Yeah, I'm, I'm a bad therapist. <laughs> so what we learn is what Archie Archie believed that he and his men were going to go deliver medical supplies to civilians. But General Taylor was like, also, there's a warlord, and if we can take him down, whew, we can take down that warlord. So your secret second mission, destroy that warlord. Also, no medical supplies. This kind of confuses me, because I thought Archie just learned that Taylor did illegal missions. I thought so too, but Archie is very dumb. <laughs> so, or did did he repress this so much? He repressed that it was an illegal mission. I mean, he did convince himself that Bingo was a dog. And oh, oh also, 
Bingo wasn't the only soldier. I thought he was like Bingo and Eric. No, there's also Tim and, or maybe Jim it's and Jim Aiden. Jim and Aiden and Travis. Yes. I wrote all their names down because I thought it would matter. There's, it didn't. There's also those three. Bingo will get quick mentioned by being like, Arch is like, oh, well, yeah, no, I went up to call an air support, being like, hey, I'll go up and do it. But when he got I'll back, take the risk. Everybody except for, except for Bingo and Eric were dead. Then Bingo died. Then Eric lost his leg. Eric lost his leg. Well, I think Eric lost his leg probably sometime in that. that. Yeah. But, like, this feels, like, different than what it was, doesn't it? It did really seem like somehow Bingo and Eric and um, Archie got stuck in no man's land. Yeah, and I thought, because remember the whole thing where him with, and I know that, I know it was a dream, but we had to assume it was, like, Although he did keep saying flashback. his whole platoon died. Like, he did keep saying that. I know. It's weird the focus on, why was only Bingo a dog? Why did no one else? Why wasn't Jim or Travis or eight? Why doesn't just like a whole bunch of dogs died? Look, Kevin, PTSD is a mysterious and troubling condition. I know it is. And it's a very serious thing afflicting a lot of veterans and many people who go through traumatic experiences. But like, this feels like they're changing the story, doesn't it? Riverdale has done a mixed job of broaching this problem. So Archie, after doing all this, is like, I'm going to take down Taylor. I can't I I can't bring those people back but I can make sure the person who sent us off on that illegal mission and a bunch of other illegal missions goes down for it. Yeah. I'm Archie Andrews and I believe in justice. He he will pivot in this to something that I think is actually like they doesn't get a lot of focus on, but he decides I can't like at a certain point off-screen decides I can't take him down, but I can at least ensure he is not he does not retire as a hero, which for, like, him being, like, this very justice-heavy guy, making that decision feels like it should have been a stronger moment where he's like, I cannot have him go, like, I can't give him a rest, like, I, I can't have him punished the way that I hope he is, but at least he won't be seen as a hero. And Archie seems to get to the point where he's like, look, I may not succeed. People may think I'm a liar. Mm -hmm. He has way more power than me, but at least I can tell the truth. And I can know some people will hear the truth. Like, he doesn't even seem to necessarily want to win the ultimate tribunal yeah. he goes to. He just wants people to hear his truth. Which is to say, this should have been at minimum two episodes. <laughs> it, and, like, it should have been the main plot. It, it maybe it should have been the entire season. Like, if you really wanted to drag it out the entire season, maybe a, maybe a half-season thing. Maybe like, we shouldn't have wasted all this time on his CO2 poisoning. But to wrap this up in CO1. Carbon monoxide. Oh, that's right. Carbon dioxide is what we exhale. <laughs> there are someone in that mind breathing directly in your mouth. That sounds terrible. <laughs> it does sound terrible. <laughs> okay, so Archie uh, needs to tell the truth. Yeah. So Hiram, Hiram Lodge, noted criminal and businessman and great mastermind of all of the ills of Riverdale, when he fired Reggie, did not change the alarm code to his business. No. Well, I mean, now to be fair, he let Reggie go under very amenable terms. But still. I would have expected him to change it after Reggie revealed the palladium. Because uh, apparently everyone in Riverdale knows. The entire crux of that episode was Reggie kind of learning to somewhat respect Hiram, but go on and be his own man. And the instant he did that, he turned so hard against Hiram. Big heel turn. Like, he, like, like it feels like he should have been betrayed by Hiram, and maybe he feels that in some ways. But Hiram was like, "You, you like he white wool, he white fanged him." Here's the thing with Riverdale: it doesn't understand 
like it can't see Hiram as anything other than villain, even though they keep trying to humanize him. Yeah. Anyway, uh, they break into his house. <laughs> well, it's, it's, his, it's his HQ, as we'll learn later. Which I guess is not where he lives, because as we know, he lives in the five seasons. Yeah. Um, in Riverdale, the town he hates. Yes. So it's not his safe anymore, but Hiram, criminal mastermind, well, the other words that Aaron said, decided, I got to hide this palladium. We're going to no- hide it in plain sight. Where no one can find it. Where's it going to be? Under the easily lifted up houses in his model Sodale. Man, his model Sodale is real terrible. Like, I'm sorry, in model towns, I don't <laughs> think you're supposed to be able to lift the houses. I mean, yeah, if you want to move them around and readjust things. Okay. Um, I, I think that's fine. Uh, but, you know, he just he just hit them under there. Hermosa knew where they were. Why doesn't he use a safety deposit box? There are so many places he could keep this palladium. <laughs> anyway, so they're just going to take the palladium. Um, but... But they have to make it complicated. Well, it's like, oh, well, we can, uh, well, I, we could, you know, well, we're going to have to sell them, but how are we going to sell them? Now, I understand that being an issue. Like, you don't want to, if you sell them, obviously, Hiram's going to know that you stole his palladium and, and, and you're selling them. Like, he's going to track it down to you. He's supposed to be a criminal mastermind. Unless you melt the palladium down into Spanish doubloons. <laughs> that seems illegal. That seems like uh, counterfeit moneying. Forging. You're yeah, forging. Yeah, yeah. Like I like they. So at first I was like, oh, they're going to melt them down, put them in something else, so they can sell them as that. But then what they're eventually just going to do is have Cheryl pretend the palladium came from her mines. So these are clearly just. I mean, when you look at them, they're not Spanish doubloons. I I think the writing just decided to like you know Spanish doubloons. I think so. Veronica's goal is to just make it look different than the palladium that she stole from her dad. <laughs> Which I guess sure. Sure. Sorry, we're, I'm. I feel like we're kind of okay. So they're going to take the palladium, make it into a different form, Spanish doubloons. <laughs> then Veronica's going to run an auction because yeah. she has been known to auction off ooh delightful things like the blood opal. Um, but no, she just sold that directly to Mr. Sands. I know, but she likes to auction. Yeah. Um, but her clients are going to ask where she got the palladium from, so she's going to tell people it's from Cheryl. Which means they don't have to be doubloons. They could be anything. Yeah. It, they could it even could just, just even be, be raw nuggets. Yeah. Yeah, but I guess with the balloons, maybe she could be like, like, hey, look, they're already in a fancy shape. They're also stamped with a blossom symbol. Yeah, so I guess people like that. Um, this Out of this nonsense become comes the one scene in the episode where two storylines shall meet yeah so in the smart case they pull in cheryl to pretend the palladium from her minds couldn't cheryl just sell the palladium anyway and cheryl's like i hate hiram so that's fine now i have to go do some miracles thank you <laughs> and there's this long shot of veronica just being like what what wait she what she's doing miracles all right, well... I can't ask. She, she doesn't get a talk in the next scene, so that's fine. Uh, Jughead gets a call from Sam. Sam needs a manuscript ASAP, right yeah. now, yesterday. Yeah. And then, like, some cool stuff happened. Tabitha actually apologizes to him, which is good, and he apologizes back, because she did... Leave him. Abandon him. <laughs> um, And then Jughead is like, I think I wrote a book. Yeah. And Tabitha's like, oh, Ooh. you did. Yeah. We uh, gave it to Jess. She just, she, Betty gave it yeah, to Jess. Yeah, she throws Betty under the bus. Oh, be, no, no, to be fair, Betty did give it to Jess. Yes. I don't know how much... They were both about to trip on drugs. I don't know how present Tabitha was in that situation. Um, now, And she's like, hey, you shouldn't reach out to, to Jessica. Mike calls you to backslide. And I got really excited. I'm like, okay, 
this is a cool plot line for him because he's like, we know the stakes. Like, yeah. we know the struggles. We know we, – we have everything set up. We know his aspiration is he wants to be a writer. He wants to get a new book. He says in this scene that if this doesn't happen, I'm not a writer anymore. He – or maybe I never was one. Which, okay, Jughead. Um, so he's like, okay. So we set this thing up. We're like, okay, so he's he needs to talk to Jess because Jess has his manuscript. Mm-hmm. But going – but she is like she's a source of a lot of things. She pretended he had rabies when he – no, no, she pretended he didn't have... Right, she, she pretended... he was drunk when he had rabies. Right, yeah. So she, like, a, there's so much wrapped up in Jess. I'm like, okay. And he did also talk to her when he went to New York, didn't he? Yes, he did. So... So, like, so like cool, he'll go back there, he'll confront, he'll have to deal with, am I going to backslide into my old ways, or am I going to keep being a new person? We'll figure out why she took his book in the first place. We'll need place. all these things. I'm like, cool, I'm excited. This is going to be awesome. So then we see uh, Cheryl do her first miracle. Which is turning wine into maple syrup, because of course it is. Cool. Meanwhile, Jughead's busy hanging out in the bunker. He's uh, flashing back to that blonde girl, Cora Carter. Yeah. And how she gave him a novel, which he never read, but he still has. <laughs> yeah. Now, I was a little bit sad here, because I'm like, oh, my perf- my preference would have been he went to go see Jess and we dealt with, like, we have that? interpersonal conflict. Yeah. Instead, he does the thing that was seated. We talked about this way early on. I actually cannot believe they picked this thread up because Riverdale is <laughs> not good at knowing what threads they have out there. Yeah. So he remembers he got the rules of distraction and he's going to very clearly. Um, <laughs> so I am disappointed his own. because I thought the scene was setting up like, okay, I'm going to steal this novel or I'm going to drink. Yes. Those are my choices. Yeah, he looked at both. He looked at them. He's like, what am I going to do? And spoil, spoiler alert, he does <laughs> both of them. Okay. Can I pitch you what I, what I hoped the sequence would be from here? Yes. I thought he would look at that and he would decide, oh, am I going to steal this? Is this what I'm going to do? Oh, my God. It's one option I have. There's also alcohol here. I need to do something. Boom. Go sees Jess. Talk to Jess. We learn stuff about like, why she's doing what she's doing, how much she is kind of a personal demon to him, and why did she lie about me being an alcoholic when I had rabies, and she wanted to control him. She wanted the book for herself. She does believe he's a great writer, but she, she wants it for her. She's going to sell that book because, yeah. I don't know. Somehow, in like, not this episode, multiple episodes from now, Jughead convinces, like, as he's still deciding, do I plagiarize this book? He convinces Jess to take rules of distraction by being like, hey... This is a better book. Gets his own manuscript back. Jess tries to publish Rules of Distraction. Cora comes forward. You plagiarized my book. Jess can't say, no, I didn't plagiarize you. I plagiarized Jughead because... This is a real Veronica Lodge long game. Yeah, but then, like, she could still technically say, like, I could bring us both down. But Jughead's like, oh, you won't bring us both down because somewhere in you, you're obsessed with me and you won't let me fall. Oh, this is a good show, Kevin. Came up it, with a good show. It doesn't exist. <laughs> so um, we're going to have a series of three scenes from a different show. Yeah. Where Archie goes to go see the family members of the members of his platoon. I just want to point out, in this episode, we have three different scenes of uh, Cheryl uh, causing miracles with kevin <laughs> i'm like she's not doing miracles it's kevin doing magic. magic um there's three scenes of archie meeting with his platoon's family 
And I thought there'd be three scenes of Jughead apologizing to people, but, like, there's not really a pattern there. That doesn't mean anything. I just thought it was interesting. I mean, I guess Jughead does meet with three people, though. Whether it be <laughs> Tabitha, Betty. Should have been drunk in school. So, um, the first person that Archie meets with is the mother of Travis. Yeah. And she's the angry family member. Yes. Uh, she- okay, I understand when you're grieving, you're unreasonable, but at one point she's like, do you sleep well at night, General? He's not a general. Yeah. Uh, Commander Andrews. And I'm like, do you think he sleeps well at night, lady? He was there when all those people died. How do you think he's she's, doing, lady? She's making a lot of... She she has definitely demonized him in her head already. And it's funny when... Oh God, the problem is because we know so much about Archie when she's like, do you sleep soundly at night? I'm like, no. No. He doesn't. And then she's like, you were supposed to bring Travis back home for me. I'm like, I understand. Like, you're emotional. Like, you're emotional. You're yeah, literally emotional. You're grieving. It's fine. But he, but she talks like he already explained to her the situation. Why does your emotion stop at the sergeant and not go up to the general who... Because if she's angry about her son's death and the general sent Archie and the platoon yeah. on the mission, like, she should well, be the most wanting him to. Here's what I got. This woman has bought wholeheartedly into the mater- the military industrial complex where she's like, no, 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 this, there's no systemic problems in the military. <laughs> the problem is with individual soldiers. So she will not, so her mind will not allow her to put the blame any higher than the sergeant. And it's you like, know what? <laughs> like, okay. In a show that gave more time and space to this, <laughs> that is about this, yeah. this could be interesting. So she is like... I hate you. And that is his first interaction. And she's like, mm, that's fair. Uh, we're going to speed up a little bit. So Veronica. Yeah. Does her I, auction. I don't know why Veronica runs the auction. If she's going to try to hide who this is, why doesn't she have anyone else do also, the auction? Hiram is there. I thought that Hiram knew that she stole the palladium I from him well. and was trying to get it back. No. So he he's betting. And God, he's so cartoon. Like they treat. Remember when last episode when he was like a small child being like, this woman is too loud. Same thing. Now he's like swinging his palate around and they're putting in cartoonish whoosh sounds as he's like, no, I want to, I want to be. I'm betting on the palladium. And then Veronica, the idiot, as he's trying to bet up Mr. Sands, just sells the the balloons to Mr. Sands for $300,000. And then Hiram comes up and is like, hey, you did that on purpose. He's like, of course I did. I'm like. Why didn't you let him buy his own Palladium back? Is that not so much funnier? Like, she doesn't like, yeah, I really taught you a lesson. Let him buy his own Palladium back for half a million dollars. That is so much better revenge. Also, um, if she sold the Palladium for only $300,000, Chad is not as in debt as I thought he was. No, he's not. Well, I mean, the Opal, she maybe got a really high commission on. She was real close to getting it. But it's just... Like, this is supposed to be shown as her, like, ah, oh, you really got one over on your dad. She didn't. She didn't. She could have had a higher price and sold, sold his it palladium sold back, back to him. Because we learned later he actually didn't know. He she he had just, re- he she, just thought he could get more. Yeah, she had replaced. He's, oh, he is obsessed with palladium. He wants all the palladium for reasons. reasons. Um, But she, she, we learned later, I hate how they didn't show beforehand. She actually replaces Palladium with, like, fakes. Yeah. Plaster fakes. So. Meanwhile, Archie goes to see a dad. Jim's the, dad. Jim's dad did not 
I guess this is his dad. He seems too young, but it's fine. It's his dad. Yeah. Jim's dad did not want him to join the army, but then he got all of, but Jim was committed. He had yep. to serve his country. Mm-hmm. And then Jim's dad got all these letters about how Archie was the sergeant and Archie was such a good dude. And he was like, man, I'm so glad my son's with Archie. So if you think it's the right thing to do, I'm on board. And <laughs> Archie is sad. Like the woman berating him, he's sad. This person who's like cheering him on, he's sad. Then you'll meet a third woman who's like really just in the middle. Just She's like, going through something. Yeah. He's sad. <laughs> there is there's no winning in this situation for Archie because he has PTSD. Meanwhile, Cheryl's doing her second miracle. And this one is the worst one. <laughs> so if Jason full stop is Jesus because Cheryl is going to take on the wounds of the congregation <laughs> by bleeding from the stigmata, just like Jason received. Yeah, she says the, the, the developed stigmata, the holy wounds of Jason. Like Jason was shot in the head. Why are you bleeding from your hands like you're Jesus? Are Are you telling everyone that Jason was crucified? Because like, we, we, we all saw the video. You can go buy it at the Blue Pony or whatever it's called. You can't just copy and paste Jason. <laughs> you can, no, not copy paste. You can't just find and replace Jesus for Jason or Jason, whatever the phrase you want to do that in. That's not how you do You can't do this. Anyway. While uh, this is going on, Archie goes to see the wife of a soldier who died. She's really going through it. She's really sad. She's, she's just got to look after her baby. She's super emotion uh, emotionless, really. Yeah. Um, she's just like, I don't care. Do what you want. Archie whatever. is sad. As I got to deal with my baby. I do love when the camera pans over and like, I obviously, what else would she do? But just like the crib <laughs> in the middle of a field was hilarious to me. And then she walks off somewhere. <laughs> Archie's like, oh no, babies. Yeah. And um, so Cheryl meets with Kevin and she talks about how it's so hard to spread light and love. So now she has to come up with her third miracle. And Kevin's like, I've got so many ideas. I know so much magic. We turn a stick to a snake and she's like, no. Remember in high school, Cheryl's someone who's never moved beyond high school. Remember when I did a cool prank with bees? Yeah, she put the bees nest on his desk because he wouldn't let her have a back to school party. No, no. He went to her home right. and broke up her private party, <laughs> right, yes. which is a wild overstep. Yeah. Um, Kevin sets up he's incredibly allergic to bees, which doesn't come up in this episode. But maybe one day it will. Yeah, so, dun, dun, dun. Meanwhile, Chad calls Veronica, and he's like, I see you did an auction. <laughs> You're sure you don't want to know about my cool thing? I'll just tell you anyway. It's Copter Cab, which is a thing where I fly rich people from New York City to St. Mary's Vineyard and back. And Mar- Martha's Vineyard. Oh, yeah. St. Mary's Vineyard? I'm really stuck on the Cheryl storyline, Kevin. Okay. Um. Now, when he first describes it, I'm like, okay, it's Uber for rich people. It's Veronica who clarifies it's specifically to fly people to Martha's Vineyard. Which is specifically the route they were taking when they almost died. And it's specifically a bad business idea. Yeah, that's not, what, there's for, not enough. <laughs> you, for, like... When you talk about, like, the niche groups of people, you want to find a group of rich people who don't have their own helicopters, but want to go to Martha's Vineyard, live in New York, and want to rent a helicopter. Like, the the group's not big enough. (laughs) The sections of the pie of which you are trying to hit feel so ridiculously small but the show doesn't want us to ask these questions because they instead bombard us with information he is working with Hiram I'm also an investor 
but um, Veronica already paid off all of the other investors, so she doesn't need to come to this party, and she doesn't care about Chad's dumb thing, because she's already solved all of their problems. Except she does, apparently. Yeah, she does want to go to the party. Yeah, so he's like, oh, well, we're going to do, we're, it's, uh, Copter Cab is going public, and we're going to do a party at your dad's office, so why don't you come by? And Reggie, somehow the voice of reason, is like, why are you going? Aren't we done? Yeah. Like, we're done, she, Veronica. She says, this episode, I am going to pay off your debts and then divorce you. Those are the things she wants to do. She has paid, She says, I have paid off her de- his debts. She, He's paid off. There's nothing else she has to do. What does she decide to do instead of divorcing him to get him out of her life? Well, it's time to become the old Veronica and play offense. I've been on defensive for too long. So instead, I'm going to be needlessly cruel and make an enemy for life. Like... Just move on. This is almost like this should be her fatal flaw, but they and maybe you'll come back and maybe she'll realize her errors. But mm, this is Riverdale. They think Veronica walks on water. I feel like I feel like it will come back, but somehow we'll, they're saying episode we're still supposed to be like, uh, Chad's such a jerk. I'm like, I Veronica mean, now, brought- I'm, now I'm feeling kind of bad for Chad. Like, don't get me wrong. Chad is a jerk but so is veronica in the exact same ways but she holds herself so much higher than him it's ridiculous so while cheryl was performing miracles and veronica was becoming a supervillain of her own tv <laughs> series and archie was visiting army people yep. jughead was reading that novel he stole yep and it is good yep so he's gonna send it to sam He's also, also, he's going to drink. Also, he's drinking. And then Betty texts him. He's like, hey, you wanted to see me? And he's like, yes, can yeah. we meet? So they're going to have to talk. All right. Yeah. So um, Archie has decided after meeting with all of these people, he just has to do what's in his heart. Mm-hmm. And in his heart is a military tribunal. Yep. Uh, we do learn here the reason Eric was so apprehensive is because he was also told by uh general taylor to it was a super secret mission and his job was his specific job was to be the one he's a sniper his specific job was to be the one to kill the warlord so he's worried that he will also be well and he feels very strongly that the reason that everyone died is because he was out sniping the warlord and not protecting them and i'm like oh sweet eric there were so many other soldiers there who (laughs) could have protected themselves eric there are a whole bunch of soldiers you were a sniper in close range I don't know. But he feels that the reason he lost his leg was as punishment yeah. for not being there. So he and Archie he, are kind of in the same position. It's actually very unclear. Like, I don't know. There's a whole lot of stuff I don't really know, understand. But let's get to the third miracle. The third miracle. Bees. Cheryl will tame the bees. So she sticks her hand into a box of bees. And <laughs> Penelope's like, this is ridiculous. This, She's just doing magic tricks. This is good. And then <laughs> and they cut to the audience. And I and you know what? I'm not going to come to the congregation. They're the audience because they're like, yeah, this is why I come here. This is hilarious. <laughs> like, so, they're like laughing. <laughs> and so Penelope is monologuing about how terrible Cheryl is. And, and she, how Cheryl grabs handfuls of honeycomb and just walks at Penelope. Hands full of honeycomb. Bees swirling around <laughs> the honeycomb hands. Being like, get out of here, you charlatan. <laughs> You whoremonger. I am the utmost authority in this church cult. I mean church. <laughs> Fully a cult. Um, uh, er- Archie and Andrew go off the tribunal. Yes, because Eric decides overnight that, you know what? He has to be brave just like Archie. They're going to yeah. go. Um, Chad, Hiram, and some other dudes are celebrating the copter cab. And Veronica has brought in some 
good time girls. Look, let me tell you, the most important thing about this scene yeah. is that this is like the college catalog of Riverdale <laughs> scenes where they have decided to get a person from every single ethnic group so yeah. they can be a diverse, cool group. Yeah. And they bring in the pixie stick drug, which is Jingle Jangle. Because uh, yeah, Fizzle Rock yes. is Pop Rocks. This is Jingle yes, Jangle. Yes, Jingle Jangle. Yeah. Because uh, that is a thing that full-grown adults do. Because it's time to party like a big boy. Yeah. And I thought she was going to take incriminating photographs, but that is not her plot. No. We'll come back to it. Um, Betty and Jughead mean the bunker. And this scene is actually, like, pretty cool. They talk to each other for a little bit. We'll get into the problems, but they talk to each other for a little bit. Um, First, they talk about Betty's work. And Jughead's like, your work doesn't seem great, my friend. <laughs> Yeah. And then he says, but the reason I want to talk to you is I want to apologize for the voicemail. I don't know what it said, but I've been told I said terrible things. Yeah. And that's not okay. And then Betty says, but why are you apologizing now? Half a decade later. Oh. Like, oh, no. Nope, oh, nope, no, absolutely nope. not. I, this cannot be true. Here's, no, here's the problem. I think she she was referring to the general seven years, but we know they were talking during the seven years. Like, the, and, the Jughead things have to have happened, like, a year ago, right? We, like, there's I, a- I think we figured out that, like, that, like, Jughead falling in the hole had to have been six months ago. Because, like, Betty... So Betty said, I was right. Yes. The reason that Betty didn't come to the book launch is because she had to go after TP. Well, no, she no, no, no. joined the task force. Yes, that is what confused me. It wasn't her being captured by TBK. It was her first joining the task force. So unless of her first joining the task force, imme- like the day she joined the task force, she got captured by DBK. You know what? <laughs> Maybe this happened a year ago. I'm okay with it being a year instead of six months. Like yeah. I can roll with that. Yeah. Uh- um, because... <laughs> Because we know his launch party was well, but he was at Quantico, which yes. means she has to have done four years of university. Well, well, he was texting her while she – I mean, I think that was Glenn sleeping yeah. behind her. Who knows? So thank you, Riverdale, for breaking my mind only a small amount about yeah. the timeline, but I had to think about it more than I should the, have. The problem was her line. Her saying, why now, half a decade later, completely invalidating the fact that they had been talking for those seven years pretty consistently mm-hmm. – was incredibly weird. Also weird is when Jughead's like, so, I'm an alcoholic. I quit drinking for seven days, and as you can see, super backslid, huh? I want to quickly point this out, because um, I feel like we do need to take the moments where we can congratulate the show, and specifically the actors and the oh creators. Oh, my God. When, when he goes, I, goes like, I'm an, like, I'm an alcoholic, and he mentions something about, like, um, I'm in rehab or something like this, and then he takes a sip of alcohol – Seeing Lily Reinhardt act with her, she just watches him, and like her eyes just flash down to the alcohol. And they don't like he does say, as you can see, like it's not going well. Mm-hmm. But they don't dwell on it super long. It's not super ham fist. It's this very subtle thing where he's like, "I'm an alcoholic." Like, like, oh, I'm an alcoholic. I'm trying to like, re- like recover from it as he's drinking. And, so good. And neither so of subtle. them, and neither of them broaching it super like hard, like or paying too much of a lantern on it. Great. And I do want to say they do an awesome – like, I am so impressed that they showed him backsliding. Like, yeah. you don't often see this in addiction storylines. It's, like, rock bottom, and then it's backslide to rock bottom. I, and he's not in rock bottom. Yeah. He's just – like, he's just slipped. It's very – And I, I – once again, I kind of wish they had the whole Jess thing because this feels – anyway. Then uh, a worse thing happens. <laughs> I'm an alcoholic. As you can see, my recovery's yeah. not going well. Kevin, what does Betty say? Betty's like, yeah, I really like my job. <laughs> like, like, 
there's no she phrases where it's like i don't like i feel more comfortable studying serial killers than i do talking to real people and i thought well then it's a good thing you're an fbi agent isn't it because that's your job now they are kind of clumsily setting up a thing where like these main riverdale kids excluding veronica because she is unflappable yeah she is so self-centered that nothing bothers her these kids are so damaged by their time in riverdale that they cannot make friends they can't function in society and they should be like everything that's happened to them especially betty yeah and jughead and archie yeah like they should be this damaged yeah it's just weird because like she says it in such a certain way, but she is realistically him being like, I'm an alcoholic and her being like, I'm a workaholic. Now, we don't get to dwell on this cool, awesome thing yeah. because Jughead gets a phone call. It's from Sam. Sam loves the book. And then Jughead immediately destroys <laughs> all storyline suspense, all of the build we've been doing. There is no climax yeah. because he He's tells like, Sam right away that he didn't write that book. No, nah, it's not my book. I couldn't do it. I couldn't I couldn't be that a villain for that long. Um, so he gets dropped as a client. But hey, Cora, I think, just got an agent. And here's the thing. We're both writers yeah lots of people work with lots of agents if jughead is a good writer which he is if he deals with his own demons he can get a different agent he'll be fine yeah they they they, they say sam says you'll be blackballed i doubt that I, I i imagine the publisher might be a little bit angry at him but he could get a different like, especially if, he, if he's as good of a writer as they imply that he is he can get a different publisher like there's lots of yeah. he has options ahead of him and someone needs to tell this poor boy that yeah and this like the there's not a whole lot of purity culture in the writing world. <laughs> now, this is a traumatizing moment for Jughead. And this show has decided to make most of their characters intrinsically unlikable because as Jughead goes through this truly devastating moment for him, yeah. Betty just leaves. And I thought she was going to leave to some like she's like she had to leave to somewhere in particular. We pick up to, with her and she's just sort of at she, home. Went, she went home and got uh, got on her hitchhiking garb to go and hitchhike. Thanks, show. All right, uh, let's wrap these things up. Okay, over in Veronica's storyline, hilariously, one of the dude bros, Boysenberry, yeah. is uh, blowing up because Veronica leaked the story of Chad crashing a helicopter and covering it up, which means he should not be involved with a helicopter business. Oh, the line... You can't invest in in a copter cab if you crash the helicopter. Has real, I doubt your commitment to sparkle motion vibes. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it is a blessed line. Like, this storyline's ridiculous and dumb. Um, I didn't realize he covered it up. Yeah. Because, like, Because the only people in the helicopter were him and Veronica. Yeah, how do you, like, a helicopter did crash what was the cover-up did he kill a man i don't know i mean i understand like her her mind knew about it but she's been crime world forever so like he he covered it up and then she veronica says i came here to distract you he's like no you did why would you need to distract them you already did your thing you came here to gloat yeah you didn't need to distract them they would have noticed their boys and berries blowing up anyway and then she then she berates him about he's not an alpha. He's yeah, a she beta. calls him a beta, which, like, Veronica, be more evolved. <laughs> well, now, admittedly, I think it's because that would be devastating for Chad to hear. Yeah, but it's still not a thing I want <laughs> one of my main characters to say. I don't want to hear those words coming out of her mouth. So 
She's like, well, you stole the money from your investors to finance Copter Cap. I'm like, Veronica, you stole, stole money mon- from your investors to <laughs> but, also finance Copper well, Copter Cap well, in a roundabout way. Well, you fo- you stole money from your investors to pay off your debts, which were his debt. It's all very complicated. What I thought here is like, remember I said just divorce him? Yeah. I refuse to believe there is any way that these two's finances are cannot be like they're so intertwined that he can cut off her credit cards and somehow take out investments under the name of her new business business that destroying him will not also destroy her like their show doesn't know how finance works kevin like they there's no way that they're they're that divested from each other before the divorce that that will not also affect her i really hope that before she went to this party she filed for divorce Anyway, Hiram comes over and Hiram's like, hmm, it's a good thing I only kind of invested in this dumb company that these dumb bros made. And then then Veronica gloats about the the plane. Like, oh, maybe you should take a closer look at your Sodale model. Why tell him? Why do do you keep making enemies? Veronica now has like 10 arch nemesises. And do what the the thing that fascinates me the most about Chow, because if she just divorced him, yeah, He'd probably be kind of annoying for a long time. But now he is broke and has nothing to lose and will definitely try to kill her. Oh, he already has a gun, I'm sure. Like, and she has no, and she is not as wealthy as, like, she makes up off to be. He'll just come and kill her. Like, Mm -hmm. there is nothing stopping this man from walking into Riverdale. Well, we know that Veronica will buzz anyone into her store without looking. Yeah, like... It's insane. So we can't dwell on this because we have the scene where Tabitha is the friend that no one deserves. She's pretty good in this scene. So Jughead is busy doing his stuff and Tabitha's like, so my dear friend, were you drunk when you came to work today? He's like, I'm drunk when I come to work every day. And she's like, "Uh uh-huh. And he's like, I'm worried about Betty. And she's like, "Mm -hmm. (laughs) mm-hmm. You should perhaps worry about yourself. I'll take care of Betty. Uh, so she's going to do that. Uh, Jack is going to take care of himself. Archie gets a call that is very short, but transfers a lot of information. Now, clearly, because of, I don't know, COVID or their monetary restrictions. Or, or the things this show cares about. Yeah. Um, we never see the outcome of this trial. Archie just gets this call, and he's like, let me explain. Eric, you've been found not guilty. I presume I have also been found not guilty. No, I won't say that. Um, General Taylor has been discharged without honors. Huzzah! Um, back at Betty's house, Alice is wine drunk on the couch, mm. and Betty's like, oh, I'm a bad daughter, but I've got to head out to be a fake prostitute so I can kill some truckers. Yeah. Now and Tabitha's at the door. Now, Tabitha, who, greatest friend ever, kind of stumbles a little bit here. She comes to what I thought was to stop Betty, but instead, like, she was able to stop Jughead. Instead, she's like, no, you can't be stopped. Look, Betty can't be stopped. She's a juggernaut. Instead, I will come with you. And how I really kind of hope this goes, like, what it should have been is her being like, Betty, don't do this. And Betty being like, I have to do this. And Tabitha's like, fine. Then I guess I'm going with you. And And you're responsible for what happens to me. And Betty's like, oh, no. Like, that's what it needs to be, is that Betty needs to learn that her actions have repercussions on other people than just herself. And she has friends. Yeah, Tabitha, the friend that she doesn't deserve. So maybe that's where they're going. I just kind of feel like Tabitha should lay it on a little bit thicker, but 
Here's a short, cool scene where Archie and Frank and Eric have decided to celebrate at the White Worm. Archie does a Band of Brothers speech. But what's most important during this toast is he's been hallucinating all of his army buddies throughout the entire episode. He sees them dead when he talks to their family members. Yeah, bloody and all in their army gear. And now, while he does his toast, he looks askance to the side Mm. and he sees all of them. As they were. They're just young guys wearing their young guy clothes. Yeah, they're in like civi- like civilian clothing and they all look fine. It's I think closure. Yeah, and I think that's a great way of showing that, like showing, not telling, that they that Archie will never get over them. But, but they he, don't have to haunt him. Exactly. Archie did his own therapy yeah. by accident. Yeah. And it's a beautiful image of showing that. It's it's splendid. Oh my god, Riverdale did a good thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Riverdale me- also does a bad thing. <laughs> Kevin and Cheryl have some fireside chat, and Kevin's like, why didn't the bee sting you? And Cheryl's and like, I'm oh. Like, I'm like, why is that a question? The bees didn't sting her because she didn't actually threaten them. Like, I guess she did, like... She picked up their honey, but... But, I mean, I've seen enough beekeepers now on TikTok to know that their bees are pretty chill as long as you don't attack their queen, and I doubt their queen was in the apiary. Well, Kevin... That's not the truth. The no. truth is that Cheryl thinks she's a saint. She's a living saint. It's like, I don't want to say that I am the only living saint, but what if I am the only living saint? Uh, we talk a lot about how Kevin is so susceptible to getting into cults. Cheryl, twice now, Cheryl has fake joined a cult, then real joined the cult. She tricks herself. She knows that it was all magic tricks. <laughs> Cheryl is like someone who goes up as the magician's assistant. It's like, okay, so what you're going to do is you're going to go into the box. And then when I do the magic words, you fall out the hole in the bottom. And Cheryl's like, got it. And then she does that. And then she comes and goes, I teleported. I teleported myself. I have the ability to teleport. What? What? And even Kevin's like, what? He's like, oh, no, I'm in a cult. <laughs> Uh, then we get a quick scene, a lot less dramatic than I think they want it to be. So Jughead is at AA. He's doing a monologue about how he relapsed. But his monologue, because this is Riverdale, is not about himself. It's about how he's really worried about his friends who are wandering the lonely highway. And he thinks something bad is coming. Yeah. Duh. They're wandering the highway <laughs> pretending to be prostitutes who do entrap truckers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Tabitha, you should have stopped Betty. I know you kind of tried. No, she didn't. Betty she, just, well, she's tried before. Yes. Well, she went over there with the express idea, like, I guess I'm joining her. This is the only the only tool I have left in my tool belt. I mean, at least she didn't tell Jughead that was the plan. Yeah. Because he would be drinking so much. Hey, Aaron. Yes, Kevin. I looked up canonization of saints. So does one become a saint by essentially uh, putting bees on their hands? <laughs> miracles. There are miracle rules for sainthood, um, but essentially here's how it works. Okay. Um, so it used to be that there were three different ways to become a saint. And it actually changed in 2017. Pope Francis changed it. Did he make it so you don't have to die? No. You always have to be dead. Great. Uh, that's why she kept saying living saint. But, uh, I don't okay. Know. Sure. Um, so the path, there are three categories for the path of sainthood. 
There was being killed for the faith, so martyrdom. Okay. Living a life heroically of all Christian virtues. Um, or having a strong reputation for religious devotion. So those last two are pretty similar, but those were the three categories. And the process of becoming a saint always begins after an individual's death. In 2017, the new category has five criteria. There's the, there's the individual. Now, you have to fulfill all of these. It's one. Okay. The individual must freely and voluntarily offer their life in the face of a certain and soon-to-come death. So martyrdom. There must be a close relation between the offering of one's life and the premature death of the one who offers it. So another variation of martyrdom. Okay. The person must show Christian virtues, at least to an ordinary extent, before and at... It's got to be extraordinary, <laughs> right? Yes, not yeah. to an ordinary extent. Yeah. The person must show Christian virtues, at least to an extraordinary extent. That's got, that's got to be a typo. Uh, before and after offering their life. All uh, right. They must have a reputation for holiness, at least after the death. So people must treat them kind of like a saint. Um, or or they must have performed a miracle. This is the major difference from the martyrdom category, which does not require a miracle. Uh, I'm making big eyes at you right now because under none of these definitions can Cheryl be a saint. No, no. There's, there's no I, I don't think that was ever a question for us of whether or not Cheryl would be canonized. But it's weird that uh, – so Kevin just lied. Yeah, he just made a thing up. He was like, did you know if you do three miracles, it's 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 like baseball, three miracles, and you're a saint. Look, Kevin read something on Reddit and misunderstood it. <laughs> he read something on BuzzFeed. He read a BuzzFeed <laughs> article on weird ways that you could become a saint. <laughs> All right, Aaron, very quickly. Yes, Kevin. The other episode, did you find yourself a CW moment? Did I find a CW moment? Did I find a moment where Logic joined a cult by accident and then was definitely in a cult? <laughs> I did. I'm picking something we didn't talk about. When Jughead is texting Betty to be like, hey, let's please talk. Betty is busy sitting in the daylight, staring into her mirror and wiping lipstick <laughs> over her face to look like a... I don't know. I don't. I don't know why she wiping around that lipstick. I don't know if this is before or after a trip to the Lonely Highway. I have no idea where in the order of things this exists. It's weird that she's in daylight and Jughead's in the bunker, and also <laughs> it should be nighttime because we know he had to get his papers in by nighttime. Uh, who knows? Time on this show means nothing. But what is Betty doing, and why? I don't get your symbolism. Show <laughs> it was just drama. Yeah. Kevin, did you find a CW moment? Um, it's going to be the line, you can't invest in Copter Corp. <laughs> you can't invest in Copter Cap if you crash the helicopter. <laughs> Covered it up. <laughs> it's it's just, it's the, the amount that at that moment I felt, I seriously doubt your commitment to Copter Cap. <laughs> and like, <laughs> it's... I don't know why he can't invest in Copter Cab no, I, if he crashed no, a Copter. Well, well, because I understand why. Um, the socks were dipping because essentially he, like, imagine imagine you heard this. Hey, this, these people are starting this new company that they're going to take people to space. Now, the one of the investors did crash a spaceship into the ocean. You'd be like... I feel nervous investing with that. Or could you spin it in a really cool way by being like, this is what we learned from that. Well, but they didn't spin it in that way. They, no, because they didn't know it was going to happen. Yeah. Like, 
I understand that because I mean stocks aren't real. They're not the real. They're not the nothing about them are the real value of that business. It's what people think the value of that business is. So when you learn one of the invest one of the silent partners in a copter company crashed a helicopter, people are like, maybe I'll pull back a little bit. Like like what should be happening to Hiram? Look, Riverdale sketchy, and this podcast is. Not sketchy. We're we're confused. No, of of all the weird finance things, I think that's the one that I'm like, that makes sense. Like I just feel like the show wants to pass like moral judgments on things and doesn't pass moral judgments on the things it should pass moral judgments on. Yeah. So if you want to pass some moral judgment on some things, please hit us up on the social media. We're podcast moa at Instagram, at Twitter, and at gmail.com. Or give us your ratings, reviews, and subscriptions. I swear our podcast will usually be short, but we just returned to form this week. Uh, these things really help us out. They let people find us and know that we are the premier Riverdale podcast. All right. And we'll see you next week. Will Tabitha and Betty find answers on the Lonely Highway? Is Cheryl a living saint? Can Chadwick ever reaffirm his commitment to Copter Cab? Answer to all this and more on the next episode of Mystery Outsiders and Abs. A teen drama fan cast?